Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. <laughs> I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Guys, this would be our penultimate episode of this season or of 2018, and I actually can't believe another year has passed us. Yes, and like every year, our last episode of the year will be the 2018 Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. Oh my God, Kunal, I'm excited. Yes, I am bloody excited, and it's just so tough to keep all the nominations. And hence, all the winners and everyone in check in one place. Determined to confirm Kimi's attendance. Clearly, that's the only thing I'm interested in knowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm yet to send over the list of alcohol that is going to be served on the Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. <laughs> Cheers to that! <laughs> yes, but actually, I am now triggered to do a quick look back on the history of the Inside Line F1 Podcast because I still remember the first few episodes, and this was back in 2011, I think, mid-season at some point. When uh, I, you know I started the podcast with Rishi, and back then we used to get like fifteen, twenty listens per episode, twenty if we were lucky, actually. And I can tell you they were pretty much from friends and family back then, although they never admitted it. In fact, I remember first tuning in in two thousand and thirteen, and I loved it back then. Do you mean you don't love it now? Is it so? Because you give a <laughs> you lot of time. <laughs> Anyway, so then Mithila joined uh, the show in 2015, like you guys know, and somewhere uh, this was somewhere in the middle of the season. And uh, then you know, from those 15 and 20 listens we used to have in 2018, we have clocked nearly thousand listens per day, and we are now nearing half a million listens. So that's. A fantastic journey. Thank you for being a part of it with us. Thank you, guys. And in fact, Kunal, we've had some really awesome drivers this year itself. There was uh, Charles Leclerc, Romain Grosjean. Uh, there was Marcus Ericsson as well, my favorite driver. Of course. And then there was Esteban Ocon, Kevin Magnussen, and it has been a year since we had Mika Hakkinen on the show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we had. The Mika Hakkinen on our show, and then we expanded uh, into Formula E as well. We had Felix Rosenquist on the show. Yeah, that's because Felix Rosenquist actually is unfortunately not racing in Formula One, even though he deserves to be there. <laughs> But I know a lot of you have written to us asking if we could have a regular Formula E podcast, and you know what? I would love to do that. But for now, we are just going to stick to talking about Formula E. Time and again, you know, on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Yes, guys, and on that note, remember, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, on Audio Boom. We promise you your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Yes, and we work really hard on. We do. You know, on the podcast, on humor, on facts, on figures, on interviews, on everything. So <laughs> Kunal has to try very hard to be funny, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you meant, right? <laughs> And also, guys, please remember to tune into Ashley's segment later on in the show. 
Uh, she picks her best races and best drivers from the 2018 Formula One season. Yes, I'm just waiting to see where she ranks Kimi Raikkonen. You know, but <laughs> anyway, I'm going to start this episode by talking about the Formula E Grand Prix or the Formula E E Prix, and it was called the Ad. Diria Ipri and you know it's not a tongue twister for me but I still don't know why I couldn't say it right in the first instance but the generation 2 car it seems fast it seems powerful it looks sexy and I don't think I missed the rearing at all yeah i mean i admit i did not watch the race or the Ipri as religiously as you did but i liked what i saw and in fact i saw the live stream on youtube guys Yes, Formula E is doing what Formula One did for decades. You know, offer coverage on free-to-air platforms. Back then, it was free-to-air channels to build up audiences and then go towards pay TV. So I'm glad where Formula E is. I'm not that glad where Formula One is, but anyway. Yeah, you know the one thing that stood out for me was the use of TV graphics, and it actually seemed like there was a live Mario Kart race on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when Eduardo Mortara actually crashed out, um, you know, on the opening lap, it was really strange to see a TV graphic of him crying. You know, I found that damn funny. But I don't think that's what they intended to do with that graphic. They wanted to express some sort of disappointment or something, but. Since we are talking of Mortara's crash, and you know that crash actually had me a little surprised or shocked or whatever you call it, because he crashed head-on at the end of the straight, uh, you know, by missing his breaking point or whatever, and then he actually reversed to rejoin the race. Now that's actually how we do it in go karts. Yeah, and I didn't know that Formula E cars were built that strong as well. You know, they could withstand a you know front impact, reverse, and then rejoin the race. and uh, the attack mode is actually proof that if there is any series that rewards a driver for racing offline it is formula e and i say this because you know when you go through years of training and years of race training and driver training you're always taught to be on the racing line and here for a change you're actually rewarded for being off it well very interesting and Um yeah I think we should also congratulate Antonio Felix da Costa and BMW Motorsport for their opening round victory also their first victory as a constructor team in Formula E Yes and I tell you given how competitive the entire field is and given how teams are yet to figure the generation 2 car and the new race format every race win and points position is going to count and just because you know da Costa and uh, BMW won uh, the opening round It's not a given that they're going to win the next round in Marrakech. So I'm really going to tune into Formula E. Hmm. But Kunal, are you aware of Sebastian Vettel's views on Formula E? Well, he said that it's expensive. It's the wrong technology. Electric cars won't save the world. And his key point was actually about disposing of car batteries. Well, this is one more proof that Sebastian Vettel isn't having a great year, and he must be really glad that 2018 is getting over. But I tell you what he could be right about the batteries and we will do our best to ask Formula E when we do our next interview with them but I I definitely don't think that Formula E is expensive because you know they've structured it pretty well to make sure that costs are in check. Yeah I'll tell you what maybe Vettel said what he did about Formula E because Ferrari doesn't participate in the series you know who knows. That could be a good point and given how private Sebastian Vettel's life is Who knows if he actually owns an electric car and we'll probably never know about it. <laughs> I think Sebastian Vettel is the only driver on the grid to be off social media. 
Yes, I think so. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Because I think the last driver was Kimi and then Kimi's of course trailblazed his way on <laughs> social media. So Ferrari are going to unveil the 2019 car on the 15th of February. The car is codenamed 670. And you know, of course my mind has been on an overdrive wondering why they named their car 670. Maybe it's because Ferrari is targeting 670 points in 2019. Oh come on, that was actually the most obvious thought in my mind, you know, and I really didn't think that 670 was because that's what they think their engine horsepower is going to be for 2019. No Kunal, lack of power in the power unit is Mercedes's PR story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can't be Ferrari's, but to think of it, Ferrari can actually achieve 670 points because Mercedes capped off their season with 655 points this season. and everyone knows at the tip of their fingers where ferrari actually lost points in 2018 so technically they're looking at 15 points more than what mercedes scored this season and that's not too bad a target yeah and if ferrari gets 670 points in 2019 there's no way they would be beaten to being world champions so yes absolutely i agree Obviously. that's that's a that's <laughs> phenomenal math but uh, i remember reading a random and useless stat that ferrari tweeted they said that there's Uh, their team was the only one that had both drivers in Q3 in all races of 2018. Yeah, I have another random but not so useless stat. Pascal Wehrlein and Sergio Sirotkin are actually eyeing Danny Kivat's reserve driver role at Ferrari. Uh, but Kunal, to be honest, I am not one bit surprised uh, that the United States Grand Prix was rated as the best race of the 2018 season. Of course, I know where this is going, yes. but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad fans didn't have the chance to vote for Kimi Raikkonen's performance at the FI Awards because that performance was hands down his best performance ever. Ever <laughs> till till the next awards ceremony which just coincidentally happens to be ours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's news that Mick Schumacher has made his decision on which junior driver program to join and rumors are saying that it is Ferrari. Well, I yeah. think Red Bull Racing failed to sign Mick and that's why Helmut Marko made a typical Marko statement when he said that Red Bull was never interested anymore. Something like that, mm. okay? And then uh, by the way, I like Gerhard Berger's statement uh, over Marko's statement. So, Berger said that he sees Mick driving for Ferrari in the next 2 years, just that he wasn't sure if it would be their racing cars or their motorhome. The Kunal given how much Helmut Marko has said in the last week I think instead of the what wolf said this week section I think I'm going to do one with him what Marko said this week <laughs> <laughs> What did Marko say this week Yeah so a lot of stuff so Marko said that Honda wanted to take 2019 off and it was he who convinced them not to do that You know the Red Bull Racing camp has drummed up the Honda stories just so much and for a change i really want to know what the japanese guys in honda have to say because i don't really you know have have pr uh, statements from them landing up in my inbox and uh, in fact uh, red bull racing must have got uh, franz tost you know from toro rosso to say what he actually did he said that in 2018 honda hit their performance targets 
and Toro Rosso did not. My God, from being a test team for Honda engines to now being the fall team for the Honda <laughs> engines. <laughs> Actually, right, fall team given just the number of penalties they took all season long. <laughs> but Kunal, do you think that engine manufacturers can actually just take a year off in this era? I mean, what would Toro Rosso have done? Just used a Renault engine for one more season and then gone back to Honda? Well, you know, Toro Rosso have had three different engine suppliers in the last three seasons. I think in 2016, they had Ferrari. Then they had, you know, Renault in 2017. And, you know, of course, 2018, they had Honda. But back to answering your question. No, I do not think Honda could have taken a year off from the sport and just come back like that because you know it's not that anyone's necessarily waiting for their engines oh no <laughs> except max verstappen <laughs> uh, red bull racing said that they would in fact treat verstappen and gasly as equals in 2019 and all of this when marco has been going on and on and on about how verstappen is a title contender next year and he's basically said nothing about gasly apart from needing to discipline him ouch yeah and, you know now I know why Gasly needed to make his own statement. He said that he wasn't afraid of taking on Max Verstappen and that he wouldn't play second fiddle. Yeah, let's see how all this turns out in 2019. Guys, there are only 90 days to go. We're getting there. Please be patient. Hold on. It's not that far anymore. <laughs> well, we're going to try and make that journey as much fun as possible on the Inside Line F1 podcast. So, Back to what Helmut Marko said. He said that uh, Max Verstappen, uh, had he not made those mistakes at the start of the season in 2018, and if the Renault engines didn't blow up as much as they did, Verstappen and Red Bull Racing could have been second in their respective championships this season. A bit far-fetched, I think. I mean, I don't see how Verstappen could have scored, what, nearly 70 points more? Uh, but yeah, the story could have been different and things would have been closer had Verstappen kept clean in the first half of the season. Max Verstappen said that he would rather have an unreliable but fast engine than an engine that is reliable but slow. I mean, typical of him to say that, but Kunal, what happened to the famous quote, you know, to finish first, you need to first finish. Well, I think Max Verstappen <laughs> was just very, very young. When someone actually made that comment. But honestly, I would like to ask Verstappen what he would do, you know, if he got both an unreliable and a slow engine. <laughs> <laughs> Helmut Marco said that one of the reasons why Red Bull Racing split from Renault was because of their small budget to go racing in Formula One. Now, this ties in with Renault's claims that they are racing with the big guns at nearly 60% of their budget. But well, you know, when I hear all this, I think we should use the same format as what we did uh, in the last episode. The PR stories and what we think of them. Well, let's do it. Yeah, so Sainz said that he's feeling no pressure to lead McLaren in 2019. But you know, I'll tell you what, I think Alonso is going to be leading McLaren in 2019. <laughs> Basically from the sidelines, via social media, from everywhere, from his deck chair, you know, he's going to be there. Yeah, from that indie car cockpit, he's going to radio <laughs> and say, guys, pit the car right now or something and that would be to yeah, McLaren, you know. Honestly, like. because even though he's gone, he's still around. He's going to be testing the 2019 Formula One car. Well... I'm waiting to see what actually Fernando Alonso does. And we've taken bets on which season will he actually be back in Formula 1. And I don't think we are taking bets anymore on which team could it be with. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, Mika Hakkinen, he said that he still believes in Valtteri Bottas's talent. And I'm really glad Bottas has support out there because almost everyone wants him out of Mercedes and wants to put Ocon in that seat, including probably Toto Wolff. But guys, let's remember, there is no guarantee that Ocon won't be asked to play wingman to Lewis Hamilton you know, next season or in 2020. Just like there's no guarantee that Charles Leclerc could or could not play number two to Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Ocon said that Leclerc could be a title contender in 2019. And mind you, he only spoke about Leclerc. He didn't make any comments about Verstappen or Gasly, the other two drivers that he's been racing against for years now. Yes, and on the other hand, Charles Leclerc said that his target for 2019 is to win at least two races. And I'll tell you what, I am disappointed with his targets because... You know, when uh, we interviewed him twice in Spain and then in Spa, not once did he express lowly targets for himself. I mean, he sounded really confident and, you know, wanted to, you know, make the jump to Ferrari, especially when we spoke to him in Spa. And, you know, if Ferrari is going to be capable of fighting for the title next year and he wins just two races, there's no way he's going to be a title contender, let alone win the title in his debut year with Ferrari. Kunal, you seem to have set very lofty targets for Leclerc. But come on, it's Charles Leclerc we are talking about. His Formula 1 debut, uh, you know, has been better than Max Verstappen's. And in the Ferrari next year, he better do what Ocon thinks he's capable of doing, you know, be a title contender. And since we're on Ocon, Otmar Schaffner said that Stroll is already on Ocon's level in the simulator. Kunal, what do you think? Well, I'm thinking what everyone is thinking. And what is everyone (laughs) thinking? (laughs) Okay, I've got friends at Racing Point Force India or Racing Point F1, whatever you call it. So I'm going to just say that they are going to announce or launch their 2019 F1 car in Canada on the 13th of February. Uh, Which reminds me, it's actually my best friend Hafiz's birthday as well on that same day. (laughs) Please remember to wish him happy birthday. Kunal, knowing you, there's a very good chance that you would just get lost in all that euphoria and forget. (laughs) Well, thank God for smartphones and synced calendars. I'm going to just totally make use of them. So moving on, Brendan Hartley has gone back to being a Porsche factory team driver And I really wonder if Porsche will announce him as their Formula E driver for next season alongside Neil Yani. And it somewhat fits Formula E's narrative, right? You know, discarded Formula 1 drivers trying to make like a second career or whatever that people think of it. I don't think of it that way because, you know, we had Felipe Massa do really well in uh, the E-Pre in the opening round. He didn't get points, but he overtook a lot of cars, especially like two cars in one corner on a street circuit. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on. Yeah, but good life lesson from Hartley, you know. Be good to people on your way up and they will be good to you on your way down. Maybe give you a seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to actually translate what you just said in motorsport terms. Be good to people when you're fast and they could be good to you when you are actually slow. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Kunal, uh, we're going to have the What Wolf Said This Week section because I don't want to disappoint all of you guys out there. So, Wolf said that he was hoping that Mick would race for them one day in Formula 1. Yeah, you know, it was Michael Schumacher's dream to win his last with Mercedes. And you never know if Mick could be going out to fulfill that very dream. 
And going by current form, Mercedes seems a better bet in every way than Ferrari. And I'm sorry I'm saying this, but that is the actual truth. Guys, also a quick reminder, there are news about Michael Schumacher's health doing the rounds. And let's just say that uh, we should wait till the official statement is released either by the family or by his manager before believing or falling or agreeing or accepting all of them. Of course, they're positive news. We don't love to believe that, but let's just wait for the official statement. Yes, and Wolf said that Mercedes is going is employing psychologists to make sure that the team remains on top of their game all through the pressures of a 21 race world championship. You know, here there are psychologists for the entire team and there Max Verstappen is refusing to admit the benefits of working with one. But anyway, I think it's very smart of Mercedes to do all the right things to win and still keep their team members hale and hearty. Hamilton said that he could could be number 2 to Toro Wolff in Mercedes in a management role. And uh, Kunal, I think this was the first and last time Hamilton would have ever thought of playing second fiddle to anyone. <laughs> But well, here it's his boss he's talking about. So well played Lewis. I think it was well done. Okay, so at the end of this episode, we have Ashley from Australia, a young Formula 1 fan from Australia. uh she's speaking on our show and she saw two races live this season in australia and in singapore yeah and she'd sent us her favorite moments from those races uh and since all of you all loved listening to her so much we asked her to send a season review so guys here it is tune in and enjoy ashley Hi, it's Ashley from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm back. I just wanted to say thank you to Kanal for inviting me once again onto Inside Line. This year has been incredible. Today I want to talk on a couple of topics. First, top races and then finally, top 5 drivers of the year. Starting off with this year's races. The British Grand Prix was very exciting this year. No one was ever safe during the race. There were so many retirements and spin-offs. I really enjoyed the tension and the drivers jostling for position. It finally ended with Vettel on top. It was very interesting watching all the drivers continually fighting for positions and the lead. The Brazilian Grand Prix was also very exciting. It was going quite smoothly for Max Verstappen and everything was going his way until Esteban Ocon collided with Max and sent him spinning. Ocon was trying to unlap himself against the leader of the race. You can guess what Max had to say. I was very intrigued watching this race and enjoying the bit of Red Bull spotlight for Max, but unfortunately it wasn't his race. It was Lewis Hamilton's though. Mercedes won the constructors' championship that race. At the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, there was lots of excitement. A crash and two retirements just after the third corner with Esteban Ocon and Sergei Sorokin. Soon after, Nico Hulkenberg lost control, crashed and retired as well. Then came Red Bull's most finest team moment. Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo raced too hard against each other and crashed. Christian Horner wasn't too proud. Azerbaijan was definitely an action-packed race. My top five drivers of the year were Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Charles Leclerc, Nico Hulkenberg, and Sergio Perez. These drivers all had a fantastic year. Lewis won the championship and most of the races. Ferrari did an amazing job coming second thanks to driver Seb. Charles Leclerc also did an amazing job and is transitioning to Ferrari next year. I think he has a big chance in the championship. Nico Hulkenberg and Sergio Perez have had a great season with many great placings and good points. One sad thing that has happened this season though is that my favorite driver Fernando Alonso is leaving. 
It has been his last season in F1. It is very heartbreaking to see him go, but I know he will do great things in the future. Good luck, Fernando. I also wanted to congratulate all the people behind the scenes in F1, whether it's in the garages or taking care of how smoothly everything is running. You guys have done some amazing stuff this year as well. Congratulations. I also wanted to introduce some of our newest drivers that are coming into into Formula One next year. Lando Norris, Antonio Givinazzi, George Russell and a returning Robert Kibitza. I have really enjoyed watching all the races and being on this podcast three times this season. Congratulations on an amazing 2018. I've enjoyed it all. Can't wait for next season. Thanks for having me again. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much for sharing common passion with us. We will also miss Fernando Alonso next year. But like you've heard on our you know, podcast, we think he's going to be back sooner than we all think. And here's hoping that your dad, Jeff, is going to take you to the race in Melbourne next year as well. Yeah, Kunal, you know, given how often Ashley's been on our show this season, I think we can definitely call her our trackside reporter. <laughs> definitely. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you later this week with the 2018 Inside Line Formula One Podcast Awards. Woohoo! You know, you shouldn't be missing this one. You Come cannot miss this one, guys. May. Adios.